We're going to get started in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. This is what I use for my podcast, and it is fantastic. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the March or Die podcast. So glad to have you here today. Looking forward to a great conversation around a very important topic. And here's what we're going to be talking about today. Here's the question. Why does the family matter? Why does the family matter? Now, as I introduce that topic, you may be asking the question, what in the world does this have to do with moving forward in the middle of life's battles? We're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do, again, if you are watching the live stream, thank you for doing that. I appreciate you participating in this way. And I do my best every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time to do this live stream so that you can see it and you can comment, you can ask questions, you can let me know you're watching. And I appreciate it for those who are able to do that. If you are watching the live stream, take some time later on to go over and listen to the podcast. You can listen to this on iHeart or wherever you'd like to listen to your podcast. Go ahead and subscribe there so that you receive the new podcast episodes when they come online. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, not watching the video, I do appreciate you listening. And again, I'd encourage you to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. And uh, this podcast is on iHeart also on Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcasts, everywhere else that you might possibly want to listen to a podcast and uh, appreciate you joining the conversation. And I do my best every week to have a brief conversation around this topic. How do we move forward in life when everything around uh, around us seems to be falling apart? We can all relate to this in one way or another. Maybe it's our relationships that seem to be falling apart. Maybe it's our work situation that seems like it's falling apart or a financial situation that seems like it's falling apart. Maybe it is the world and we look at the world around us and I think many of us would conclude that it feels like at least the world is falling apart. So in the middle of these battles, these battles that we may not have gotten to choose, these battles that we found ourselves in for one reason or another, how do we move forward? This is the March or Die podcast, and I, I, I posit every week <laughs> one simple statement that in life we can either decide to march or stay where we are and die. Those are our only two choices. We can march forward, moving forward, or we can stay where we are and die. And that's what we talk about. So today's topic may seem a little bit odd in that context. And if you're listening today to figure out how to move forward when your world seems like it's falling apart, I hope you won't tune me out before you uh, get what I'm saying here. Why is family important? Why 
does the family matter? I think that often when we're caught in the battles of life, we forget that there are other people involved in what we're doing. We are somehow thrust into a fight, a fight that we didn't expect perhaps, and one that we didn't anticipate, one that we didn't ask for, and yet here we are. We have to move forward. We have to make these important decisions about either staying where we are and dying, uh, hopefully not physically, but emotionally and spiritually and relationally, or we have to stand up and do the hard thing and march forward. Well, in the process of all of that, it's easy, if we're not careful, to forget that there are other people involved in the decisions that we make. The decisions that you make will not be made in isolation. You'll make a decision that you believe is best for you, but you have to also understand there are some people coming along behind you. I would argue in a large, uh, large part that so much of what we see in our society and culture today and what many of us would say uh, really is the disintegration of culture and society goes back to the importance of the family to people who have found themselves in their own fights individually and forgotten how important the family was. And because the family was left out and decisions were made in isolation from the larger family unit, we now have a cultural impact that all of us are dealing with. Understanding in the middle of the fight that your family, if you're a parent, that would be uh, your spouse if you're married and your children, Uh, Maybe you're not married and you don't have that type of uh, place in life right now, but it may be your own parents or siblings, the people you're closest to, the people you're tied to, your family. We forget in the midst of the fight just how important the family is, and we make decisions without regard for the generational impact that those decisions will make. I want to tell you a story. I, I love a character in history, and it's one that some people have been casting some shade at lately and and, uh, saying some negative things about him. But Theodore Roosevelt, T.R., President Roosevelt, one of, uh, in my opinion, one of the great Americans in our history, and uh, whatever decisions he made, good, bad, or otherwise, I think we'd all have to agree that he was an extraordinary individual. He accomplished more in his lifetime than perhaps any other uh, single individual in American history. He did just about everything, and he did things uh, before they were cool. He was doing things and making things happen. He changed our country. He changed the way we function as a country. He changed the things that we do, and he did it uh, with great enthusiasm. Here are some of the accomplishments of President Theodore Roosevelt. To date, he is the youngest president ever. (laughs) Now, John F. Kennedy was elected as the youngest president, but Teddy Roosevelt became president of the United States when uh, the president that he was the vice president for, uh, President McKinley, was killed, and he became the youngest president ever. Uh, Nobel Peace Prize winner. He was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1906 for his role in negotiating peace for the Russo-Japanese War, which took place from 1904 to 1905. Youngest president ever. Nobel Peace Prize winner. Medal of Honor recipient for his actions as a soldier. And this was awarded posthumously many, many years later. But he was a Nobel, or uh, I'm sorry, a Medal of Honor recipient. 
established the National Park System. He established what he called Roosevelt's Square Deal, and this was an economic uh, system of protections against corporations and for the individuals. He built the Panama Canal. He strengthened the United States Navy. He was America's first brown belt in judo. That's kind of a strange accomplishment in his list of other accomplishments, but I respect it. America's very first brown belt in judo. He got the first workman's comp uh, laws passed early on before, again, this was something cool to talk about. He created the U.S. Forest Service and on and on and on. And he was related and very influential in the life of another uh, Roosevelt uh, um, who was president as well during World War II, and we're familiar with that. A remarkable, remarkable story. What we don't often know, though, is that Teddy Roosevelt had many uh, difficulties in his life. We could look at his relational difficulties and the loss of loved ones, uh, children, and spouses. But early on, he was a child who was very sickly. In fact, he had asthma so bad and so many other health issues that he was only given a short time to live. He was not expected to make it very long. His father, Theodore Roosevelt Sr., was a man of wealth and influence, and in the midst of being a person of wealth and influence, recognized just how much his young young son needed him, and did all that he could to take care of him. The story is told that many nights when young Teddy Roosevelt was struggling to breathe through the night and struggling to sleep through the night, his dad would get up in the middle of the night and take him for walks outside, believing the night air would cure his breathing difficulties. He did everything he could to help young Teddy physically. He did everything he could to help him intellectually as Teddy continued to grow. He had very poor eyesight, yet his dad worked hard to help him to read at a young age. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt uh, has, uh, is well known for being a voracious reader. A photographic memory, he could read a page uh, at a time, not a sentence at a time, but a page at a time. <laughs> Remarkable human being. This was instilled in him and taught to him by his father. As Teddy got older and continued to struggle with many physical ailments, his dad encouraged him to exercise and built him a gym and uh, really pushed him along the path of the strenuous life, something Teddy Roosevelt would talk about later on in his life. And really, that strenuous life attitude was something that would carry him throughout his life, through the presidency and so many other things that he was able to do. The life of Teddy Roosevelt, President of the United States, This statesman, the man that we hold up as being one of the great Americans in American history, would not have happened without the life of his father. His father had such an influence on him that he turned him into the man he became. Teddy Roosevelt Sr. died when he was only 46 years old. He had cancer, something that was uh, kept a secret from the rest of his family. When he died, Teddy Roosevelt Jr., (laughs) dropped the name Junior and went simply by Teddy Roosevelt. He spoke often of his dad, and he would say this, that his dad, his father, was the best man he ever knew. Teddy Roosevelt Sr., by investing in his son, impacted two presidents, (laughs) a country, and untold generations of Americans. He was a man that understood the importance of family. 
not just for what was happening in the home, but for what would happen generations down the road. He got it. And I think if we're going to understand how to move forward in our own lives in the midst of the battles, we too have to understand the importance of family. A couple of thoughts quickly today. Here here are some reasons why you need to understand just how important the family is. Well, number one, in the middle of the fight, you have to know your why. You have to know your why. Why are you fighting? If you're just fighting for yourself, it's easy to come to the point where you say, I don't want to do it anymore, and you quit. You, You throw in the towel and you give up. But when you understand that you have people around you that you can influence for good, uh, that gives you sometimes the final push you need to get up and march when it would be easier to die. Understanding how important family is, it helps you to understand your why. Why are you fighting? Why are you pushing? Why are you continuing on? So often, it's because there are people that need you to do just that. I'd say number two, that when considering the family, We have to understand that our greatest opportunity for influence happens in the context of our family. Do you want to influence those in your society, those uh, in your neighborhood, those in your community, those in the culture at large? Do you want to have an influence? Then start in your home. Because we understand that it is in the home where we can have concentrated moments of influence and we can teach lessons that will go on for the rest of life and lessons that those who are influencing can carry into future generations. Our greatest opportunity for influence happens in the context of our family. We miss this. We want the big platform. We want the big stage. We want the big thing where we can say stuff that everyone will listen to. And yet we have to understand that our greatest opportunity for influence happens in our family. Are you influencing your family? If you are, then you're influencing those who can create for you greater areas of influence than you could possibly create on your own. That leads us to the third thing. It's related to the second. There is an opportunity for generational impact generational impact. When I have the opportunity to influence my children, I teach them the lessons they need to learn so that they can then influence their children and they can then influence their children and generationally my influence is extended. So few places in life do we have the opportunity to influence generations of people. And yet we can do that if we really take seriously our responsibility to influence the family that God has placed us within. It's an opportunity for generational influence. I'd say the final thing is this, and again, this is a conversation starter perhaps for you. It's not comprehensive at all, but something important to think about. When we consider the importance of the family, we have to also realize that the family is God's plan for winning the fight. Three institutions given to us in the Bible, three institutions created by God and that we were given an understanding of that the Bible explains for us, three institutions, only three. The government, the local church, and the family. The family creation is found in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 2. And we see uh, some good decisions and some bad decisions and the consequences of both. But uh, the family is established by God. The 
local church is established by God. In fact, in the New Testament, we're told that Jesus Christ gave his blood for the church. The government was established by God, civil government. We see that in both Old Testament and New. Here's what we understand. When the family is right, when children are being taught and that generational impact is being had, then the local church is right. And when the local church is right, then government is right. And when government is right, then society is right. So when we look at a broken society and we look at a broken world that includes broken churches, I believe we have to walk our way back to broken homes. To homes that are not all that God created them to be. You see, God's plan for winning the fight, the cultural fight, the societal fight, the spiritual fights, God's plan for winning those fights is through the family. I don't know how you feel right now, and you may feel overwhelmed. You may feel like you're in a fight that you never saw coming. Maybe uh, it's the fight that the world is in together right now. I, I don't know what it is for you. No idea. But please understand that in the middle of the fight, the most important thing you can do is look around and ask the question, who's in this fight with me? And who am I carrying forward? Why am I doing what I am doing? You have to know your why. Realizing that the opportunity for influence is greatest in your family, that that opportunity is for generational impact, and that it is through the family. That God's plan for winning the fight will be seen. This is a simple thought. It's one that's not often included in the area of spiritual warfare or the battles of life or whatever you want to call what we're talking about. But if we don't understand just how important it is to invest in our families and how there is no path of victory without doing that, then we're going to lose. Please, as you consider the fights you find yourself in in your life right now, Look around. Ask the question, why? Why am I doing this? Who am I carrying forward? And how can I participate in God's plan for winning the fight? I hope that's a help to you today. I hope it's an encouragement. If it is, please share it out. Let someone else hear it. And we'll look forward to getting together again soon. And as we end, I want to remind you, as I attempt to do every week, that when the bullets are flying, you only have two choices. You can march or you can die. And thankfully, with your family, (laughs) in the area of fears we talked about last week, in the other areas of your influence, whatever it is you're dealing with, thankfully, even though there are only two choices, you have the power to decide. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it or did you only make it part way? 
I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.